Well, uh, which one's your favourite? Um, Grand Designs, uh, The Block, Fixer Upper, House Hunters, uh, Love It or List It, uh, Beachfront Bargain Hunt. Um, we seem to have a fascination at the moment uh, with home renovation shows. They seem to be everywhere. Uh, we love to see the progress from initial plans to final build. Uh, we enjoy the drama along the way. And, of course, the climax is always... Uh, when the renovation is finished, uh, the build is complete and it comes time for the big reveal. Uh, and the cameras take us through the new home and we bask in the glory of what has been created. Um, I get sucked into those shows as much as anyone and I think the reason why we love it is because well, we're all looking for the perfect home. Um, if you're here with us two weeks ago, we were thinking about that because the chapters earlier in Exodus we were looking at were all about the, the home that God would build among his people. Um, in chapters 25 to 31, that was all about the instructions for how God's dwelling place, the tabernacle, was to be built. Um, but then it didn't uh, get built straight away because last week, uh, if you're here with us, we saw how it all came undone. Uh, with the incident of the golden calf and uh, how Israel so quickly fell into sin. Uh, but God in his mercy forgave as Moses interceded and he restored his relationship with Israel. And so now we're kind of back on track as we come to the final chapters here in Exodus. Um, so we pick it up today in chapter 35 where really we come to the climax of the book uh, and, and what Exodus has been leading up to as God's tabernacle, his dwelling place among his people, is built. And as we just heard in that second reading, once, once it is built, uh, once it is all finished, well, we see how the glory of the Lord uh, descends and the Lord makes himself present among his people. If you've got a newsletter, there's uh, three uh, points on your outline. The first thing for us to think about today is how the design of the tabernacle uh, is to give us a taste of God's home, uh, to give us a taste of God's glory on earth. Now, we were thinking about that a bit two weeks ago when we looked at the building plans of the tabernacle, that there was lots of different aspects that reminded us of our first home, the Garden of Eden. And chapter 35 begins with another reminder of Eden, as Moses now reminds the people of keeping the Sabbath. So let me read there from 35 verse 1. It says, Moses assembled the whole Israelite community and said to them, These are the things the Lord has commanded you to do. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day shall be your holy day, a day of Sabbath rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it is to be put to death. Do not light a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day. So that's how this section begins, uh, with this instruction about how the work week for Israel is to be modelled on the work week of God, as it's told in Genesis 1. On the seventh day, God rested from his work, and so must Israel. And this is to be set apart uh, for God and, and, and dedicated to him. It's to be this set-apart time when God's people would meet with him. And so like in Eden, where God's people lived in his presence and enjoyed his beauty and his blessings, well, that is what the Sabbath is for. And it's quite interesting, I think, that these uh, instructions are about observing the Sabbath. Well, it comes straight after that whole golden calf incident here in 35, but there's also instructions given just before the golden calf incident in chapter 31. 
And I think that highlights just how important it is that we do set aside time like this for us to meet with the Lord, uh, to remember his blessings, to give thanks to him. Uh, just the way that it's kind of sandwiched there, either side of the, the golden calf, is, it makes us think that, well, maybe if Israel had have observed the Sabbaths, if they had have given that time to remember the God who saved them, well, maybe they wouldn't have been so quick to fall into idolatry. Now, for us today, I mean, Jesus has fulfilled the Sabbath for us. Uh, he is the one in whom we meet God and find true rest. And for us today, there is great wisdom in us setting aside time to meet with the Lord, to remember his blessings and to give thanks to him. Uh, it's for our good. Jesus said that's, that the Sabbath is, man is not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is made for us. It, it is for our good. That means it's for your good that you're here each Sunday. Now, I know I'm talking to those of you who have turned up today, but of course... Uh, this is why we gather, to meet with the Lord, uh, to hear his word, to be reminded of his blessings, uh, to encourage one another in our faith and to be thankful. And so there's an echo of Eden here in this instruction about the Sabbath, this time of rest with God. But the other reminder of Eden is the design and the furnishings of the tabernacle itself. And uh, we did spend uh, a fair bit of time reflecting on that two weeks ago. Um, how like the items like the ark and the table and the lampstand are reminding us of what was true in Eden, of how God was present, how we'd eat with him, how we'd live in his light. Um, and we saw aspects of how the cherubim embroidered on the curtain reminded us of, uh, of how we'd, we'd lost that first home uh, because of our sin. But then how the provision of the altar and the sacrifices and the priests all showed us how God is opening the way for us to come back again into the most holy place, into his presence. And in our chapters today, well, the building instructions given earlier now get put into practice. And they're, they're carried out as these various parts of the tabernacle and all the furniture are constructed. So in, in 35, firstly, we're told there of how, just look at, we'll just kind of skim over this, but if you just look at the subheadings there in your Bible, we see firstly how the materials for the tabernacle are gathered. Um, and then builders are uh, appointed. Um, I'll come back to those guys a bit later, but just keep skimming through. In chapter 36, um, it then describes how the tabernacle uh, is built. Um, and then in chapter 37, um, the Ark of the Covenant uh, is built and then the table and the lampstand and then the altar of incense. Um, in chapter 38, the altar of burnt offering, uh, the basin for washing, keep flicking through, the, the courtyard. Um, chapter 39 is all about the priestly garments that uh, are then built the, or, or, or made, the ephod, the breastpiece, um, etc. Um, and then when you read closely, uh, I know we've just kind of skimmed over that, but hopefully you might have uh, read it or you could go and read it uh, this afternoon. But when you read through it, I mean, everything is made exactly the way that God instructed. So if you're just in chapter 39 there, you see that. Um, ten times we're, we're given this repetition after each item is made. It says, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. So the end of verse 1 in chapter 39, as the Lord commanded Moses. 
At the end of verse 5, as the Lord commanded Moses. Um, Verse 7, as the Lord commanded Moses. Uh, If you find all 10, I'll give you a prize at the end of the service. But it just keeps repeating like that all the way through this section. And then after all the work is complete, after everything is made, well, at the end of chapter 39, everything then is brought to Moses for him to inspect. And then this is the conclusion. See there in verse 42, it says, The Israelites had done all the work, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Moses inspected the work and saw that they had done it, just as the Lord commanded And so Moses blessed them. And I think we're meant to hear there an echo at the completion of the tabernacle to the words that God spoke at the completion of his creation. Now, just as God inspected all that he had made and saw that it was very good, well, here Moses inspects this new dwelling place, made just as God commanded and gives his blessing to it. And so this is the next step in God's great plan to dwell with his people. And that's a plan that runs right throughout the Bible. Um, It begins, as we've seen in Eden, it's lost through sin, but here it's restored in the tabernacle. Uh, Further on in the Old Testament, it's built into the temple. And then as we come to the New Testament, we see God come to us in Jesus. And then as he ascends, well, He doesn't leave us on our own, but he gives us his spirit. And so God is present now in us and among the church by his spirit, which means that we are now his dwelling place. But that's not the final step. At the end of the age, uh, the promise is that Jesus will come again, bringing a new creation, a permanent uh, dwelling place of God among his people. This is what the Apostle John says in Revelation 21. He says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Friends, that is God's great plan throughout the ages. And just like the tabernacle pointed back to our first home, well, it also points there to our final home. Because the ark is showing us how God will be there. The table is showing us how we will eat with God there. The lampstand, how we will walk in his light and receive life from him. The law, how we will live under his rule. And the priest and the sacrifices show how it is that we can be forgiven and be welcomed in. Friends, that is our great hope. It's our home. And it's God's great plan to rescue his people and to dwell among them. And for us now, I mean, as we live now in this time when we wait for the fullness of the new creation, well, it's helpful for us to think about how it is that God is present with us today and what that means about what he is building now and how we're involved in that. Because there is no physical temple or or tabernacle for us to go to to meet with God. Instead, God is present with us through his spirit who lives in us. A couple of verses here from the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? 
And in Ephesians 2, he says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So how is God present today? Well, as believers, he's present with us as individuals, but also collectively as a church. We are God's dwelling place. We are his tabernacle. Not fixed now to any particular location, but now spreading throughout the earth. And so just as Israel was involved in building the tabernacle in their day, well, so we today are involved in the building of God's people, which takes place through the church. And like we see here that the Israelites were called to contribute and to serve in the dwelling place that God was building, well, so also we are called to contribute and to serve. And God has gifted all of us. And so there is a place for all of us to be involved in the building work that God is doing. Now, I want you to see this from Exodus. And so we're going to jump back to those guys with names that are hard to pronounce. Um, But uh, come back to chapter 35, where firstly we see after the instructions about the Sabbath, we're told about the materials that the people bring. And it's really this amazing description of generosity here. Uh, So from verse 4, It says, Moses said to the whole Israelite community, uh, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver and bronze, blue, purple and scarlet yarn and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins, and it goes on, olive oil uh, and, and all of the other things that are needed for the construction of the tabernacle. And, and they, they bring these things. And they bring them in abundance. So much so, if you come, turn over the page to 36 verse 5, uh, those who are, who are doing the work of building the, the sanctuary, they say this to Moses in verse 5, the people, they said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. And then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. Now what a wonderful example of generosity. There was a need. There was an invitation to give. And the people willingly and abundantly responded. And as today is our Thanksgiving Sunday, and I didn't particularly line these passages up on purpose, but what a wonderful example the Israelites are here for us in how they freely give to God's work. And they give so much that Moses has to stand up and say, stop, stop giving, we've got enough now. 
Now, I can't be certain about this, but I'm pretty sure that is a sentence that no church treasurer has ever said. Now, how does that apply to us here at St Aidan's? Well, I think many of you are very generous in your giving to God's work here. And that is a wonderful thing. It's a great blessing. It enables God's work to grow in this place. But there's also a challenge here as well, I mean, particularly maybe for those who aren't giving or for those who who give, but maybe the amount you give is not really something that stretches you. Maybe you don't even notice it. I think there's a challenge for us here. And in all our giving, I mean, we want to have the right motivation. And for Israel here, I think that primarily they're motivated by thankfulness. That's why they give so generously, because this is the response that comes straight after God has forgiven them, covered them with his mercy, and taken them again as his inheritance, his treasured possession. And because of what God has graciously done for them, they are, they are just filled with thankfulness, and they want to see God's dwelling place established among them. Now, I've uh, already shared a bit today about our church consultancy. And um, I think from what we've seen already, I mean, there is just so much opportunity for us to see God's kingdom growing here among us. And that's something that needs our financial generosity. And it's also something that needs willing workers. And so that's the other thing that we see in this chapter, the, the material things... Uh, needed are freely given but now also the people willingly give themselves and their skills uh, their talents and abilities for the building of God's dwelling place so in verse 30 of um, chapter 35 we're told about these two people Bezalel and Aholiab uh, people who God chose and uh, in verse 31 says filled with his spirit and with wisdom with understanding with knowledge And with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. And these two, um, Bezalel and Aholiab, they teach others. And then jump down to 36 verse 2. Um, It says, And Moses summoned them and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. So you see what God does? He he gives his spirit to equip his people. He gives them skills and abilities. And as they use their abilities in God's service, well, that's how God's dwelling place is built. And I'm sure you can see how that applies to us today. God provides his people with gifts, with various skills and abilities, enabling us to serve him and to serve others. And if you read through the passages in the New Testament, I mean, God, God gifts or God graces his people. Uh, he gives gifts to all of his people, gifts that are to be used for the building of his kingdom. Now, often people are, are gifted differently, Uh, But all the gifts are important and all are to be used to build up the body of Christ. 
And so again on this Thanksgiving Sunday, well, let me say how thankful I am for all here at St Aidan's who serve in so many different ways. I mean, giving of your time and your energy, your skills and your abilities, uh, the things that God has gifted you with. I mean, just recently, Nicole and I were talking about uh, how hard it is. We keep getting messages from the school where our kids are at about trying to get people to volunteer, uh, trying to get people to help out at the canteen. Um, there's stats that I saw recently about how the number of people volunteering in Australia, in our, just generally in our community, is just going down and down, which made us think about how many willing volunteers there are among our church here at St Aidan's. I mean, it's wonderful. So many of you serving in different ministry groups and just different roles on a Sunday, you know, from playing music to counting the money, you know, all the things that happen during the week, mowing the lawn, uh, managing our property, uh, painting next door, uh, sharing the gospel, uh, building bridges into the community. There's so many things. And, and God has gifted us all in different ways given us all different abilities to serve him and to serve the church. And the church is what God is building today. And uh, so we are all a part of that. We all have a part to play as we work together for one purpose, that the church would would be built to the glory of God. And really it's on that note that we come uh, then to the end of the book of Exodus, where we see that God's glory does come. So come over to chapter 40, uh, where we see that the the building of God's dwelling place, the the tabernacle, it's all finished. Uh, Moses sets it up just as the Lord commanded. Um, And then the book of Exodus finishes like this. uh, See verse 34 of chapter 40. It says, Then the the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now this is really what the whole of the book of Exodus has been leading to. This is why God rescued his people so that he might dwell among them, that he would be their people. Sorry, he would, they would be his people and he would be their God. And yet, as glorious as this scene is, I mean, the final verses make clear that this is not the final dwelling place of God among his people. Instead, the tabernacle, as we've seen, it's portable, which means that God's people are still on a journey. And God, we're told, he would lead them in a cloud by day and fire by night uh, through the wilderness on their way to the promised land. And like them, well, God has now made his dwelling among us as he's poured out his spirit. But we, uh, too, are still on a journey. And we look forward to the time yet to come when the glory of the Lord will fill the earth in the new creation. And as we wait for that, well, God has now gathered us as his people, he's now made us his dwelling place, and he's given us a task to fulfil And the task that we are to fulfil now as the church is the same as the tabernacle. 
Because we now, like the ark, are the place where God is present through his word and by his spirit. Like the table, we are the place where people are invited to have fellowship with God. Like the lampstand, we are to shine with the, with the light of the gospel. Like the law, well, we're, we're the ones who are starting to live under God's rule. Like the priest, we are called now a kingdom of priests. We now all represent God, but we can also come in to that most holy place because of what Jesus has done for us. So friends, the church, uh, you and me, St Aidan's, we, we have a great part to play in God's plans. I think the church may at times feel like it needs a bit of a renovation rescue, maybe like it's a bit of a fixer-upper. But in his wisdom, it is God's grand design to extend his presence and his kingdom throughout the world. And so may we each play our part for the building of his kingdom. Let me pray that God might help us with that. Our Father God, we do thank you for your word to us today. And Lord, we thank you for the the book of Exodus that we've been able to uh, read through and to, to hear from you over the last term. Lord, we, yeah, we thank you today for your amazing grace that you would come to us, that you would dwell among us, that you would live among us in, in this community. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us and we ask for your help and your leading and your guidance as we seek to serve you as your people. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.